You insisted that we sit on opposite ends of the table, so now I can't pass you a doodle pad. Well, I just think it's nicer to have more elbow room, and in case somebody spills a drink, I For don't know. Activities. activities. For activities, plus the smell. It's the smell. <laughs> you it was did very not warm out shower today. today. That's right. I showered last night. That's why I strategically placed myself on this end of the table. Well, I've only been sweating consistently for the last 14 hours. So did you put deodorant on? Yeah, last night. Oh, okay. Yeah, I should be all right. Yeah. Last night? Well, yeah, Wendy. Yeah, you put it on after you shower. Oh, I put it on in the morning. I shower at night. So you just wake up with dry armpits and put deodorant on? Well, yeah, you gotta yeah. give your armpits a chance to, you know, be free without deodorant on them. Otherwise, if you just shower, <laughs> and they say it's bad to right put away. deodorant on at night. Yeah, you're doing it wrong. It's bad to put it on at night. I just in our yeah, I just I have not heard that. I <laughs> Thanks for agreeing, though, Randy. Bunch of hipsters. <laughs> We're gonna have to get no, you, you guys. No, you put it on when your armpits are a bit moist from the shower, but clean. And then it dries, and then you don't know it's there. If I tried to, if I tried, I couldn't sleep without deodorant on. Like well, your pits get all you sticky. Well, how keep your bedroom? Well, I try to keep my bedroom at roughly fifty-five degrees. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Millennial Farmer <laughs> prefers closer to eighty-five to ninety. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Either way, I'm putting deodorant on immediately after showering. That's crazy. Huh. I don't know. I think I've heard crazier things, Randy. Yeah. Like the fact that the Millennial Farmer now has his very own podcast. Welcome aboard to the Millennial Farmer podcast, everybody. Um, brought to you by Farmers Business Network. They jumped in and, and helped us get this thing going. Uh, I know one thing for me specifically that I'm excited about this winter is to go back to Farmer to Farmer in Omaha, Nebraska, to their conference where Randy was last year. I don't know if he's going to be able to come with me again or I'll, not. I'll be there. I'm, I've had my fill of mud this year. You're going to be there? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to cut it off. What if the ground's not frozen? Sorry, boys. you got three days off. They'll oh, be real crud. disappointed. I will also be there to supervise things this oh, year. Thank oh, thank God. <laughs> I was going to say I can't do this again uh, an entire week with Randy. What? Uh, well, Randy, we're it's in exhausting. We're respectable time. Well, here's the deal. is I'm, I'm really good at drinking, but I'm also really good at shutting it down at a, at a normal time. I thought it was normal. It was normal for when I hang out with you or Jake. Randy, Randy lacks self-control. Yes, and and speaking uh, no, of no, I'm pretty sure he controls himself all the way up until oh, about yeah. five a.m. It's full control. Yeah, it's, he, he knows what he's knows doing. Exactly. He knows Zach what he's doing. Zach's in self-control. He needs to go to bed. He can't control himself. That's right. To bed. I need some sleepy time, but Randy won't let me get it. Mm-hmm. So Randy's coming down. Jake, you should come down. It sounds like a blast. It is, it's it's <laughs> a lot of free beer. There's a lot of networking with farmers. They bring in serious A-list, A-list speakers. Like the whole the, thing like is... Like the Minnesota Millennial Farmer. Exactly. Like the Minnesota, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know about that high. Like, not an A-plus <laughs> speaker. Jake, are you an FBN member? I am not. <gasps> sorry. Did you know you could save $100 now on your membership by using the Millennial Farmer as a I reference? I do. I do. I've, I've thought about it. <laughs> wow. We'll I link do. the code in the description. <laughs> if you use nothing else but the price transparency, sure. Uh, I mean, easy. I do want to. I am kind of curious with the the seed uh, label deal. Wow! Look at you guys getting in on this. Yeah, I, that's that's well done. I I, I would say the from seed, what you said, honestly, and like the seed relabeling into, is yeah pretty cool. If yeah. you've never seen that before, yeah, it's we have some ninety four day corn from two different companies that we had been comparing for like three years. Sure. Trying to figure out which one was better. <laughs> it's the same exact stuff. Same exact stuff, yeah. Yeah, it just comes in a different bag yeah. for a little different price from each. Yeah. Yep. So the transparency's out there now. 
All right, so most most of the people listening have no idea who Jake is, where Jake came from, who this other other guy is on the mic. Because I think did I did I bring up Randy? He's here. You, yeah. you did not. Did you? Did, I don't know. He might it's, have. It's I forgot. Randy's here. Hello. Master pipe player. <laughs> Master pipe player. Mo- Mrs. Millennial Farmer's here, down at the end of the table, looking dang good in a set of headphones, running that board. And then you got Jake over here. Jake is a buddy of mine. What have we known each other? 20 years? Yeah. 25 years? I was thinking about that earlier on the way over here. Is like, because you were four years older than me in high school. So we knew each other through high school. Yep. Because you uh, graduated with my brother. Yep. Right? I graduated with Mitch. Brother. Yep. And then. Uh, but I knew you before because you raced go karts with my brother. Yep. And you were still racing. I, was tw- I started at 12. And, and I was still racing. racing? Yep. That was your last year, I think. Okay. So that would have been 99. Yeah. So that's right? twenty. That's right. Yeah. 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 So that's twenty years. Yep. Two thousand nineteen. From yeah, 20 years. twenty years. Twenty years. Is that? Is that well, <laughs> way to bring the mood down by reminding us all how old we're getting. Let's all talk math. <laughs> right, it's math yeah, time I'm, with I'm the writing that down I'm, right now. I'm trying to figure <laughs> like the Jake's doodle. I long handled. <laughs> well done, Randy. Well done. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Jake. Jake and I knew each other throughout high school, and then, but you were kind of buddies with my with my brother. Yep, yep, yep. Right. I mean, just growing up, graduating together, um, partying, maybe a little bit, lying about it, uh, lying about it. You know, <laughs> there were <laughs> the <some> usual. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. And then after that, um, we went on. We we then you and I now race together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, modified division, yep. which my brother doesn't race anymore. He's up. Uh, up in northern Minnesota, but so Jake and I have always known known each other that way, and now we're actually on our uh, county corn and soybean growers board together, which you've been on for four or five years. Four or five years, yep. And, and your I, dads served together previously, correct? I don't think my dad ever yeah, was I don't on think it. Harvey, Harvey was on. wasn't. No, I don't no. think so. No, I was thinking no, he was. I don't think he ever was on the on that board. No. Do you know if our dads knew each other like previously before the go kart thing happened twenty years? No. Ago? You don't know? I don't think they did. I don't know if they and did And they either. knew of each other, but I don't think they have the relationship they have today. You know? Right, right. Um, Which now they're fairly close with all the, you know, they're both in the in Arizona in the winter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. trying to wreck razors. razors. Players I would razors say they're the almost like BFF status. That they're, I would agree. They might be BFF. Are they, are yeah, they close so. in Arizona? Are they nearby? Yeah, 20, 30-minute drive probably. Okay. But they're, I swear they're out razor and three or four times a week. Like half the time I talk to dad, he's on his way to the desert with Harv. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yep. Yep. I always wonder. New ways to wreck the razors. And Jake's family obviously farms, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jake's family farms, what do you, I mean, as the crow flies, eight, ten miles east. East. Yeah. Over on the edge of. But it seems like it's completely different ground. Yeah. Well, he, you're kind of on the edge where you got some ground like us and then you got some, some of the sandier irrigated ground that you can grow other stuff on and. Yeah. So who's let's start with who's involved in your operation? <coughs> Tell us, just fill us in on, on um, your family operation. So it's it. Uh, I came back in 2013. Um, 2000. Yeah, 2013. So my dad and I, and then uh, um, we farm with uh, my uncle, his brother, and then another brother who's kind of part time. He was milking cows and then got out of the the dairy, and then um, um, work helps us part time. So it's basically a four of us in the same family and. Hire a few outside employees in the busy times of the year, but other than that, it's it's us four that are 
doing the majority of the work. So definitely a family operation. Very true family yeah. farm. You yep. Know? Same as ours. Yep. Same as uh, the one that Randy works with. Same as all my neighbors. Um, when it, when we ask about what you guys grow out there, you guys have a lot more diversity over there. We do. We do. We're we're a little bit. We got some challenge or some more challenging ground with uh, a lot of, uh, like Zach said, as you move east, um, you get into more coarse textured sandy soils. So we're trying to maximize those acres um, with some uh, uh, small grains, wheat, canola. Um, we, we're going to try this next, not in 2020, we're going to try throwing some beans on them just for how wet the August have been in the last couple of years. We're hoping we can beans Maybe on what on, on some, like soybeans soybeans mm-hmm. on some very on this coarse textured sandy soil that not pivoted no non irrigated dry land um that could use a half inch of rain a week easily um so what just, do you normally grow on that wheat, wheat or canola wheat and canola yeah. yep um and then we're just having issues with weed control um with these non I guess Roundup Ready tolerant crops. Our chemicals are pretty limited, and and we just we so we need to kind of get away from that for a year or two. To I mean, we're having weeds that I mean we're having thistles coming up through the through really? the crop, you know. So so you just want to introduce some new chemistry, correct? Are you going to yeah. put dicamba beans on there? We'll either do dicamba or like enlist. Um, okay, just so we can because uh, I think we're going to actually try to do like a pre. The plan is to do like a pre and then come back at least twice probably with with 24d just to i mean we'll probably have to spend a little extra in chemical but yeah non-farmer question when you're talking weed resistant uh just weed resistance in yeah, general weed resistance so yeah. when you go away from when you switch crops to grow something different how long does it take for the weeds to forget about that certain chemical that's essentially what's happening right is there well, in, in his case, like you're saying, you've probably never had a Roundup crop on that land. Correct. So there probably isn't much Roundup resistance to anything out there. So Roundup will probably smoke everything it, or, or enlist it, or whatever. It will. And, and the, it's mostly the broadleaves that we're fighting because in like canola, for example, we can't, we, we raise Roundup ready canola, but the window is so short to apply Roundup in that specific crop that you can't. You have Why some, is that? Just if the it's way Roundup Ready, the way the label, crop. the way the label states, you, you get to a um, so it's considered the bolting stage. It's wait right. a minute, wait a minute. You guys follow directions. <laughs> you like Try actually to. are like le- We're reading. We're on a podcast, Becky. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, continue. I, I mean, I would assume that there's a point in there with that crop that apparently the, the probably the Roundup application will harm the yield or harm the crop yeah yeah and, yeah. Then, and then technically you're you're going I know obviously nothing about canola you're going off label so i mean yeah. if they wanted to get you could spe- get in some you know, serious trouble you get in some that. issues so yep. um and then you're you're basically if you run a full rate of roundup which was a 22 ounces power max of full rate you have to run you can only run 16 ounces per application on the can- canola it's yeah. just labeled for that much it's less. just labeled for that much less oh, so that's it's interesting so it's really hard to control and we're still we're seeing water. I mean, what what is the reasoning? Is it is it because of the canola? It's oil, right? It's yeah, an oil seed. Yeah. So is it because to keep it out of the oil, or is it or is it actually a? I think it'll it's harm the I think it's a crop injury or you know deal. I think okay. that's what they're trying to get at. Is mm-hmm. if you spray it too late, you could you could affect. Uh, they don't want to be held liable for killing your crop, essentially. Correct. Yeah. 
yep. So, so yeah, it's just it's uh, so we're gonna go away from that um, next year or two and and try to uh, try to do some maybe weed on wheat or you know, weed on uh, you know soybeans and hopefully we get a wet August like we've experienced this year. So. Is that a do you do no till or anything on that? I mean, do you treat that differently on that dry land? Uh, we run a vertical till machine. Um, so Instead we do, of some kind of conventional till. Yep, yep. Um, we just getting our feet wet in that this, the last couple of years is we'll run vertical till on these, on this, especially this sand ground, um, corn, corn, beans, wheat, whatever. We'll we'll run that vertical till machine across it this fall, and and uh, like I said, we're just trying to get our feet wet, so we're we're experimenting a lot on what's the best way, you know. Right. You guys, you have some peas and sweet corn as well, right? We do. Yep. Um, we do, uh, we were raised through Lakeside Foods in Bruton, um, uh, under irrigation. Um, so about two thirds of our acres are under irrigation. Um, so that's, that's where we raise the peas and sweet corn, usually a field of each. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it works out well, kind of breaks up the workload and, um, peas come off early and, um, some years we're fortunate enough to double crop soybeans into them. Um, kind of 4th of July is our cutoff. So if we are, if they're harvested after 4th of July, we just throw a cover crop down and what do you put down for cover crop um mostly like this year we just did uh a leftover wheat that we had wheat seed and then uh some radish and turnips uh some extra leftover soybeans from a couple years ago so we threw them kind of a hodgepodge just to get it, just something to get down something out there yep you know keep the ground covered and yep. keep it moving yep and uh, isn't it crazy you go 10 miles that way it is. And this is what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like farming in Arizona. Yeah, it's just it's how, how so is your, different. How's your cover crop going, Zach? Our cover crop looks great. I need it's that in, spreader back. It's on three pallets out there. <laughs> yeah, I got Jake's spreader sitting next to three what pallets of cover What have you crop been seed. doing? Well, you made me go on vacation. And then uh, mostly, though, it's just been raining, which it, was, it did it the was, whole time we were on vacation. The whole time you were on vacation, it was drier on here. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. That that is not the report lies. I was getting while I was gone. Lies. Yeah, it's just been we have that forty acres that we want to get spread and man, we had a blend mixed up for it ready to go. I borrowed Jake's spreader to put on a three point and just do what I could and man, it just keeps raining. It's just not even it's not even dry enough to drive on. You know, which if I could, I gotta get that seed incorporated somehow. Um, which I got I've got it lined up to borrow a vertical tillage tool to mix it in i just you can't get out there you can't drive on it at all it never dries up yeah. and it's just crazy like like are randy and higher, i are thinking we are obviously we're having a wetter year this year than yeah. oh yeah i mean we have our we have our average rainfall in, in in the three four months this summer yeah yeah we're insanely wet i mean you can see it like especially today after the rain last night just the ponds mm-hmm. on the way from here to Benson going south, everything is high. Yeah. It's just like eight, eight the waterways are, are overflowed. The, the park in Starbucks is underwater. I mean, it's just... Eight tenths of rain looks like two inches. Yeah, it, it yeah. just keeps coming. It never shuts off. So you farm, you call it tough, heavier ground? No. 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 We're, like I said, two-thirds of the acres are under sand. and. Do you farm any of the, e- any of the heavy yeah, ground? Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we have a... He's a third they, of them. They've got I mean, ground like like ours is here. Yeah, it is. So, what, so what's easier to farm? Oh, the sand, one hundred percent. Oh, the sand. Oh, everyone, yeah. Everyone tells me the dry land is the tough. If you have non-irrigated dry land, that's that's yeah. pretty tough. But you you can't really screw that up though, can you? I mean, you not really. I, I shouldn't say that, but you you put the seed in the ground and you pray for rain. 
like in the in the in the in the sand. Yes, yes, yeah. most definitely. Yeah. Um, so actually, we you know we're just talking about how wet it is around here. Believe it or not, uh, for our wheat and canola crop this year, the end of June, we had a little dry stretch there to get spraying done and all that. It actually affected. We got too dry for that type of ground this year. Really? Yeah. Wow. We that's lost with no that. irrigators though. Yeah, so no irrigators. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this and is this dry is pretty land. far south to have like canola. It is. This is a long way south, it is. isn't it? It is. There's not. I know of, yeah, I don't know of anybody further south that that, that has it. canola. Yeah. Right, right. So. I mean, I don't see if I go drive around. I mean, if I drive from here to Winnipeg, I won't see a canola field <laughs> yeah. unless I go west in Fargo. Yep, and head out to you know central North Dakota. By the yep. time I get to Bismarck, maybe sure, there's going to be canola out there and then north there. But I don't know of any other canola. There's certainly none out by you, right, Randy? No. No, I mean, if you go if you go 10 miles east of here, it's just crazy to me how you can get on ground like you're talking, yeah. like Jake is talking, and you go west of me, and it only gets heavier. It does. I mean, you head towards the south end of the Red River Valley. and But even where we are, you go another 10 miles west of us, and then you hit irrigators again. Sure. Like uh, like Beardsley. Then you yeah. get a lot, of, a lot of the sandier ground. You get again. close to South Dakota where it's like... Close to the Big Stone Lake, sure. the border lake. Which is weird ground to me when I drive through a lot of South Dakota. It like it always looks like the crops are too dry, but they're drowning. It, yep. It's weird. It's it's, like, it's, it's like way a, different. It's like a high water table. Is that's that, exactly yep, what it yeah. looks like. Like silty soil, yep. but but the the crops are drowning. Is it is it rocky gravelly type sand or is it kind of sand on top of, with a clay base or some of each? What we've worked in, I mean, you'll get into beach sand sure. where where you dig a you dig a four foot hole. And the walls just start slowly moving in. The sand just keeps moving in on you, and then that's where we use the sock pipe around the pipe to sure. to keep that sand out of there. But yeah. it's 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 just different different stuff. In Montana, they are literally farming on beach sand. <coughs> I that blew my mind. Like softer than the beach sand we have here. It was incredible. Yeah. And but also it was. And they don't get any rain on it. No rain. Compared and compared to Minnesota where you can go 10 miles one direction or 10, dial, 10 miles the opposite direction and how much things change, there you go a day of driving. Yeah. and 700 miles from <laughs> one end of the state to, that's always just to the mountains. I don't know how. Have you been across that high line in Montana? No, not the high line. It was in. It, it was a day of driving of just wheat fields, canola. Spotty which spotty Wi-Fi. I mean, spotty Wi-Fi. Spotty Wi-Fi, which the children were pointing out in the back seat. So is there mount? Are you seeing mountains in the background? Or? No, no, no. It's just flat uh-uh. ground. Yeah, until you get to the western edge, till you get to where the mountains are. And then you are. can sure. see the mountains for I don't know, probably a few hours. You can see them, but they don't get closer. They're just kind of like off there in the distance. But then, yeah, then w- it's within just, one mile, and in, 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 it's in wheat an fields, instant. and then you a go national park. down a hill, and you are in the mountains, like bizarre, like yeah, it's a pretty clear. Well, you kind of when you. So when you when you go across like like ninety four is it still ninety four or is it switch to is it I ninety? Um, no, well, where, where we are you talking? Two. We took ninety four all the way to Glendive, Montana. Okay. Mm. And then once you get to there, you got three choices: you either go south down ninety four, yep, all the way to like Helena to the other end of the state. Okay. You can go through Central, which I believe is Highway two hundred or two? two. It's either two hundred or two. I think it's. I don't know which one it so, is. So or you one, take the High Line, which is the other option of 200 or two, and we, what, we went High Line. What brings you to, like, uh, uh, I believe it's Bozeman, and then to get to, like, Bozeman is on 94. 
Bozeman's on 94. Okay. Yeah. So that that's what I have taken across. Okay. Uh, heading to West Yellowstone. So you're at the right okay. far. Yeah, that's nor- what you'd take to Yellowstone. Northern part of the state? Is that the High Line? Is that what that is? High Line would be like, yeah. I get, that's what they call it. They call it the High Line okay. across Everywhere, Montana. The, you're, all the way, you're 20 minutes from Canada. I think it was yeah, 40 minutes 30, from Canada. 30, maybe 40 miles from Canada the whole time across. Okay. So it's yeah. always crazy. You know, I, well, my job is, I mean, we, we, we're trying to get rid of water. I mean, we're always wet. We're too yeah. wet. Right, and then to think of that, like like they can't get water, and I'm always just like, well, we'll dig a hole. Like I can dig a three foot hole, and I got, <laughs> dig a three foot hole, it'll fill in with water. I got a pool. I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit this, but I went there. You know, I've always heard of cisterns, right? Like you hear the word, you read books about it when you're cisterns. A kid. Cisterns. Yep. And we get there, and I'm talking to Nick Welker's mom about their water. And she's telling me that just last year, or I think it was a year or two years ago, that they had water piped in. And I said, what? And she's like, well, yeah, for the past 50 years, they have to drive a water truck to town to fill up, bring to their house, and put in their cistern. 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 Yeah. And uh, they have like, it's like a propane tank, but for water. So there's just no water... It's just, no it's water. just that drive. There's no water to no drive wells. to the city, fill out of the city water, and bring it back to their farm. There are no a times wells. A week. So if you're wow. in a it's like filling well. a camper. Yeah, that's my next question. Like you, you won't find the water. Like you no, I don't think like so. I wonder how because because the city, rock, I suppose, the, yeah. the city, gets city it from there the river. pumps it from the river ah. ten miles south. Oh, okay. They, sure. they don't. They they can't drill a well. Yeah. My mind because of the rocks or because there just is nothing there. It's rocks and then there's nothing. I don't. I I don't think there's anything there. I mean, because they don't have. They don't have big rocks sitting around like like what we do here, right? But they have they do have like like gravel rock or smaller rock, a lot of smaller rock. But I know Tony Fast has messaged me on uh, um, Fast Egg Montana. Yep, you know he's right up there too. But he's messaged me before on Instagram, like like you pipe away more water in a year than we see. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. So when we were out there with with Welkers, I got to uh, drive their combine in the wheat field some. Didn't you steal that? I stole it. Yeah, oh boy. yeah. Nick was very upset. <laughs> I bet he was. <laughs> but when when they get done with a field, Nick's like, "We'll just drive out right here." I'm like, "Right here? Like through the road ditch? Their road ditches don't have. They're not swaled out to flow water. Mm-hmm. You just drive from the ditch onto there's the road. There's not a ditch. There's there's like not a ditch. It's just it's crazy because they don't have they don't have the water that we do. It's nuts. I know. I, I it's just so different. This summer he had a post on like he had they got three three tenths of rain. And he was like, "Jump! Like this was gonna finish the crop." And I'm thinking, like, like man, if I ever woke up and we saw three tenths tenth of in rain due. in my rain gauge, like I am excited. Yeah, we, like we can drive a pickup in the field. Yeah, we can. We can still keep working today. Three yeah. tenths will dry I'm up by noon. Pretty sure. Right. Pretty sure with the humidity levels we had today, that would be. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, oh it was God. brutal today. But I, that's just hard to wrap your head around when you're. It is. Yeah. So here in Minnesota, we are naive. No wonder why when we were kids and they were trying to tell us, like, shut the faucet off when you're brushing your teeth in between. And we were like, what? Why? (laughs) What are you talking about? There could be no shortage of water. There's a pipe going down into the ground. We're not going to run out of water. Well, in Montana, they got it. I'm sure they're, they're... they're, Every time you brush start. your teeth with too much water, Grandpa's got to <laughs> hook up the tank again and go to town. So 20-minute, so half-hour showers are out. I, I, would, I mean, I would think, yeah. I should have talked to Kathleen They just roll in the dust that, like but, zebras. But they... <laughs> so they, they had to pay. So now Nick was, or his mom was telling me that they, they asked the city, like, can we, you know, pump 
or can we hook up to you? And they're like, yeah, that's fine, but you've got to cover it. So at their own expense, they've got to put the pumps in, dig the trenches to get the pipes to go. I mean, what were they out of town? Three miles? Oh, at the... At the very most, yeah, yeah, two, they're not that far from. But I mean, yeah, but they had to. And pay it for looked all to me that. like the right. pipe was in that coming across. Well, it couldn't have been because the river was south. But it looked to me like for some reason that pipe was coming out of town and was kind of headed across their land, so they might have plumbed into it. Oh, they plumbed into the city. So. Remember the big huge tank? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're pretty close. So in South Dakota, they have they call it rural water. Yeah. So they they have, I think they have the water, but it's poor water. Okay. So you have to drill, I believe you have to drill deep to get to good water, which is expensive. Yeah. So then they got started with the rural water. So the rural water I deal with is uh, is dual grant rural water. So they have water towers in the country, and then it's piped to all the farms, and you were you had the option to hook on if you want to do. Huh. So then when we're working in that area, we always have to cross all these rural water. Pipes, you know, so that's sure. part of the part of the gopher water the. You know, locate yep. before mm-hmm. you dig as they come out and lo- huh. locate all those water lines. I've only hit one. <laughs> You've only hit one? You yep. break it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a hold of it good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Pulled right through it, huh? Yes. <laughs> and knew it immediately. Well, a lot of them aren't. It's crazy to me, but they didn't They didn't run a tracer wire with them. So it's PVC pipe, and there's no tracer wire. Are they old? I want to say the 70s is when this first started and then as you you know they, so they keep adding on and adding on but I think to this day they still don't run a tracer wire wow that's so I can only imagine in the 70s like the engineer out there you know they got done for the day he went back to the bar you know opened up his opened up his get your uh, mouth in the mic Randy <laughs> opened up MF his plans over there is getting mad and then he writes down from the center of the road so then he drives oh, on the sure. map that we were 150 feet from the center of the road so then they so come you and take a measuring it. wheel out there. So the so the so the laws they have to be within. I think it's 15 inches on either side when they put their flags in. So they they just come out and like like I don't know. They they string a tape measure, you know. Right. And sometimes we find them 40, 50 feet apart, Oof. and they're all buried six feet deep. You know, we we have freezing ground, so they got to be deep. So anytime we come across, you're around that six, seven foot deep. Yep. We got to find it, <laughs> and then you're digging. You're looking for it 30, 40 feet away. So you end up calling the guys, and they 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 understand. I mean, they're there with you. So you dig down and be careful, you know, right where they're supposed to be. And then we'll just start digging slowly. And most of the time, you'll see a trench line and find it. But sometimes the bucket finds it before before you see anything. How big but, a pipe know. is it? Like six inch, or is it? Well, this the the one I hit went to one resident, <laughs> and it and it was it was two inches. Okay, that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> so so it was no big deal. He he did it live, like like I. Like water starts gushing out, you know, and the guy, yeah. the guy jumps down in there, the sawzall, and we cut the pipe apart, and he splices Splice it, it together, together and away sure. we go. But that's all their sprains done out of that real water. So he was worried that year it was June, and the wells are pumping all they can, and they were barely keeping up. So he wanted to be there when I crossed it in case I hit it. They didn't waste any water. Hmm. They needed that, and that's just. That's, Which you that's did. You hit miles, that. <laughs> that's the one he hit. Crash right into that son of a gun. Yeah, that's my bad. <laughs> All right. So when we're talking about rural water, and Jake's mentioned on irrigators and irrigation, and we're obviously talking about how different it can be from from one point to another, you know, and how how different it can it can be when it comes to farming just down the road. So irrigators, I know they take uh, they get a bad rap 
sometimes, or irrigation in general, ag irrigation. We do, most definitely. Which, like around here, um, I know they only allow a certain number of permits, right? Uh, yeah, it, it's not so much a certain number of permits. It's, uh, I guess, uh, if you qualify for certain criteria set out by, by DNR, um, that's the way you'll get a permit or get denied a permit. So, okay, so it's not limited in number? No, not necessarily. Um, it can look like it's limited in number. You, if, if you're more going to be limited towards your appropriation of gallons that you can use per year, more the appropriation instead of the number. So I could have, if I, I mean, they're not going to deny me many permits, but they might lower my appropriation instead of, the amount of 12 inches per acre so per year. how much water you can use per acre of land? Per acre per okay. year, yep. And yep. is that actually monitored, or how yep. are you? You have to report your um, your gallons uh, to the DNR um, every year by like February, I think. Um, is that, so, so it counts? Have a, it's got a meter? Not everybody, um, some guys do. Um, some guys were, in order to get their permit, were uh, required to put a meter on just so they get a better uh, calculation of what's actually being pumped. Um, you, you have to, so you get, you tell the DNR, okay, I'm wet, my well pumps X amount of gallons per year. And then what we normally do is, is uh, we write down our hour meter on our irrigator at the beginning of the year. Um, and then at the end of the year, we write down our, our, our how many hours we used and, and then just, just do the math. 4,000 gallons. What, what is it? What is the gallons per minute? Um, around here, you're, if you can get 800, you're doing pretty good. Um, okay. But a lot, of, a lot of 350 to 700. Okay. That's gallons per minute. Gallons per minute. Yep. Yep. And, and to, in order to, um, the, minimum amount, the, the minimum amount you want to run an irrigator is about 550. That, give, that lets you put about a half inch of water on every 48 to 50 hours. So if you if if you get a well limited to three fifty, you better be digging another one or me. If what's, you what's what's setting like you can only get three fifty or they're they're telling you you can no that's that's all that's all that aquifer will support under that one okay. hole that you you drilled at in that particular everyone location. in our area they're getting their water from a well correct are there any farmers that are getting their water from a river or. Uh, there is surface water um, permits out there. Um, I actually, per- personally, I have one that I pump out of a, it's a permit from uh, like 1950s. Um, we pump out of a, well, they call it a lake, but it's kind of a slough. Um, so you pump directly from the open body of water? Yep, yep. But I'm Would assuming they... those are harder to come by? Yeah, you're probably not going to. You're not going to get if one If that's now. your one source of water, um I would suggest digging a, a well a well before you. We have I have a customer over by Beardsley that has, I think it's two pivots. It might be three on, on three separate quarters. Mm-hmm. So when they when they did this, they also see they're in uh, it's lighter sandier but higher water table. So they they the tile works good for them, and then they also need the water though. So they dug a well pit mm-hmm. and tiled into this yep. pit. And then they had it all set up so they would pump water out of this pit. Absolutely, yeah. And so I've always been out there doing work for them, spreading fertilizer, spreading, uh, tiling out there. And I've always asked, you know, what, what's the deal with this pit? And they said, well, this is what it was. 
So the the story I heard is they the first time it like they tiled into it, it filled up. They kicked the pumps on, and the pivots ran for just a few hours, and the pit was dry, and, and it's never filled up again. <laughs> sure. And then they, they ended up drilling a well. Oh, the hole so wasn't big enough. I think it's two, and they drilled one well in between them. And sure. Then, but the, the but the well will only support one. One at a time. So they yep. can only do one at a time, and then so when they get in dry spells they can't keep up because they can only run one pivot at a time and it's not yep. enough water they still end up the crop goes backwards yep and that's i mean well, we still need mother nature to supply us water with only 550 Curse. gallons with only 550 <laughs> gallons a minute you're not gonna it's hard to uh when you're in the heart of irrigation season it's hot middle of july end of july that corn's using two tenths a day and it takes you your that's you, how much corn uses a day is two tenths in july rain. in july yeah Really? Two to three tenths a day. Well, the stuff grows six inches I, a day. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> I have nothing that I've ever thought about in my lifetime, and to hear that number, it's like, whoa. Yeah, it's, and you, you know, you when I mean, we never got behind this year because it Mother Nature helped us out, but right. But that's why I mean, you get out Central Dakotas mm-hmm. and you head west. They don't grow corn because yep. they don't. I mean, you can see that dry line when you. You know, if you drive out there, you look at a map or you look at a, the average rainfall, you get west of there and they just don't get the rain. Yeah. And we're fortunate to have, hum- I mean, I hate humidity just as much as the next person. Oh, it's but I, we're fortunate to have it or so our corn would be using, instead of two tenths, we're going to be using three tenths. Right. I do you know? appreciate it a little bit more after spending a week and a half in Montana and my nose bleeding constantly. Oh, super for- dry. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that my was, gosh. That is sure. rough. I think, I think a lot of people don't think about Minnesota and how humid it is here. We've got all the lakes and all the corn. Mm-hmm. It is, it's humid. It's humid. <laughs> it's just insane. So we were when we were driving across Montana that one evening. It was like, what ninety one or ninety two degrees. We were both. Uh, yes. Neither of us was. noticed that it was warm out at all. No, but the suburban sure noticed. Yeah, the suburban wasn't happy pulling that camper. And in then the hills. it was suburban every struggle. other day. Suburban I was suburban was very upset about it. It was every other day. I was mood. like, gosh, I think I think I'm getting a cold, and and then I'd feel a little better, and then Zach's like, I, I think I'm getting a cold, and then nobody ever got a cold, but it you just. It, your body just, just blood not boogers used in the nostrils, <laughs> just like the sand and the and the dryness was getting to me. But. Even Colorado, I've spent the last three uh, New Years. I got some buddies in Colorado, um, and and it's up. We're up high. I mean, ten ten thousand, almost eleven thousand foot elevation, but it's so dry out there. Like like day one, I wake up with a sore throat. Yeah, because you're just not that used to that throat for the week that we're there, and and. Uh, I guess I don't, but other people are getting bloody noses. But yeah, it's just that sore throat, and it's like, man, how do you get used to this? Right. Mm-hmm. I think you do eventually, don't you? I think. Well, you, the to. guy who would... brought Onyx, Onyx went on a guided fly fishing tour. That's true. And he moved from California. You said. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he was said he was from San Diego. He had to pay to have his nose cauterized three times to make his nose stop bleeding. After how many years? Yeah, it was like within the first couple of years he lived there because his nose just kept bleeding so wouldn't, bad. Wouldn't stop. That's crazy. Is it because of the dry or the elevation or a combination of both? Or? I, I think, think it's dry. dry. Yeah, dry. it's how dry, dry. it is. It's yep. just so so different like, again. We'll get we'll get dry in the winter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll get real dry. In that, just, well, it's yeah. hard to have a lot of humidity when it's 30 below zero. But my <laughs> nose still doesn't bleed constantly. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. I think it, that's because it's more of a buildup. And we don't, bleed. We also, get we don't get have winter. the dust in the winter in Minnesota because we have snow cover, I suppose, that keeps the dust down versus Montana. And when you're talking summer, there's the dust plus it's that dry. 
It was brutal. <laughs> it's brutal. Those men at Montana's are brutal. They're tough. So, what are like when 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 we're talking irrigators and the heat that you guys take? Can you explain for the people that might not know, kind of like myself, what I mean? What is the heat you guys take? Why do people get upset? Oh, it's um, so. Minnesota has a term for for its water. Um, you might know that, it, like, if you go in Nebraska, Nebraska is a western water state. They, they have a specific term for what Minnesota is. So what that means is that. Uh, so I then, just deal with waters of the U.S. Oh sure, yeah, never heard of it. <laughs> hasn't hasn't really been an issue the last couple of years. Fun guys. <laughs> <laughs> so in Minnesota, there's a, a tier of people or who gets uh, the water first. So obviously. Humans. We're last. Homans. Or oh, humans. Okay. Humans are people. I mean, the people. Homo sapiens? Yes, homo sapiens. Homans? Yeah, homans. Homo sapiens. No, 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 no. Bring her back. Bring her back. <laughs> so anyway, the, the general public, is that better? Uh, they're, they're number one. They, that's who gets the water. Um, so if you have a well interference claim, um, your irrigation well pumps a, a homeowner's well dry, um, it's it's our fault. Um, so and then it's uh, so it's people, general public. I can't. There, there's number two, but irrigation or livestock's above irrigation. So which it, would make sense. It does. Yeah. It does. I get it. But yeah, we uh, and especially people they'll they'll drive up Bonanza where do, Valley. Where do golf courses come in on the spectrum? Well, that's that's for pleasure. Yeah. So I that's think like they're the actually above. Well, yeah. I believe that's between livestock and homans. Homans, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm never going to live that one down. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> Son of a gun. Told myself was not to make a fool of myself. <laughs> Becky, Becky could edit that out. <laughs> but she's oh, definitely she not going to. No, she could. It was Please. getting a little stale. We needed it that was. moment. We did. We needed that. Uh, my wife told me today, don't say anything dumb. Well... <laughs> No, Check that one. You made up a word. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Oh, Christy, we invited him for a reason. <laughs> um, but no, it uh, we do. We yeah, when you're when people drive up to their lakes and they're seeing uh, uh, water out in these fields, uh, why why are we doing? Why are we wasting this water? Um, so yeah, we get a little heat on us. Um, well, you got to grow a crop. Right? Somebody's got to provide the food, fiber, and fuel yep. for the world. Yep. And that takes water. And so that's what you guys are using. That's... I mean, you ha- you have to have some of that. And obviously, I understand people have to have drinking water and yep. showering water. And Most definitely. Water for the animals first. Yep. But, you know, I mean, you guys are a huge part of not just providing, but for the local economy as well. Exactly. We, uh, uh, so I'm on the... Um, Irrigation of Minnesota, Irrigation Association of Minnesota board, um, and uh, we uh, had a legislation tour down in the southeast part of the state this year. And, and going back to your economy um, point, so down in that part of the state, they have what's the word I'm looking for? They grow trees. They'll take a quarter section of land. Oh, okay. Nursery. Sure. And uh, there was a representative from that company it's called bailey's nursery there's a representative from that company and he mentioned how the value of those trees in that quarter section and it was in like it was like 20 million i got i got a question quick what's what's their choice drink 
Bailey's Nursery. <laughs> Maybe the Irish cream. We didn't get to that oh, point man. on the on the start, tour. We didn't ask. Thought about raising my hand, but didn't know if it was appropriate. Stop um, goofing around on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was just it was unbelievable what how much of that I mean, how much they contribute to the economy. Not only jobs yeah. for the nursery, but just I mean, there's twenty some million dollars living out in that field. Well, yeah. And if it wasn't for irrigation, it'd either be grass or Right, right. Wheat. You so know? then, like, the one thing I always think of, we w- we were out in California here a little over, almost two years ago now, which I had never been to California before. And California gets a bad rap from, you know, everybody, because it's California. But <laughs> but when you're there, I'm telling you, man, it's it's different. It's It's <clears throat> awesome. I mean, the diversity of California going from, you know, the whole Hollywood scene and the beaches through the mountains and into the desert and the next thing you know you're in some of the most fertile farmland in the world where they're growing every every crop imaginable high value oh crops. it's awesome and then you know. you've got the this huge fight over the water from people that live on the coast and who need to survive these massive populations in these big cities versus the people on the other side of the mountains that are providing and feeding you know, the world that, using that water yeah. right yep Everybody needs that water. And then, and then, like we say, they're out west. Sure, they're on an ocean, but they don't get that much rain yeah. compared to us or compared to when you go east of here or south of here. It's just, it's so different. Different. Yeah. So it's, it's like, a, it's a whole other thing where they're, they're actually controlling the flow of water coming through the mountains and, and down into the, into the ocean. And I, I'm, I, I can't talk smart about it, but to me, it was really interesting just to see absolutely how it works and the diversity of it and how they're having like the same fight there. Yeah. But it's, it's so much more critical there where, you know, irrigators can get a bad rap in Minnesota, but even more so drain tile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. We're fighting that yep. generally because we're putting water into the system yep. where you go out there and they're taking water out of the system and they're fighting over that. And it's just, it's crazy. You know what they say, water's for fighting, whiskey's for drinking. <laughs> Yes, is that what they say? <laughs> or did you just say that? No, that's what they say. <laughs> yeah, water, I mean, either too much or not enough, and you need to use it, or you want to get rid of it, it's, I mean, it's it's a tough one. It's a tough discussion, you know, to have, I think. So I've got a I've got a, an online buddy. We met online. His name's Jay Hill. He farms down in Texas, New Mexico area, way out in western corner of Texas. The guy's got, I don't know, 3,862 irrigators. <laughs> and he, he was up last year. He showed me his map on his phone. He had the map of the irrigators. Sure. And he was watching each irrigator go. And I'm pretty pretty certain he could check the flow of each one and yep. where each one was at and the condition and what was going on. Yep. I mean, d- do you guys have that? Do the yep. guys around here have that? I oh, mean, yeah. the, the technology in irrigators is not as simple as... Well, we ran this many hours at 800 gallons per minute. Yeah, you know this is what we put out. You guys are fertilizing through them, right? Yeah, we've we've we uh, we put uh, nitrogen through them, um, so we're spoon feeding that crop, uh, and that's the same. The one thing, technology, the irrigation technology has come so far in the last 10 years. It's just it's moved like everything else in agriculture, the technology, and 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 so I mean, yeah, are we using water? Absolutely, I'll ne- I will never deny that, but we're getting pretty pretty good at using every inch that we put on being pretty efficient we are being very efficient with uh, well it's like anything else in farming the more you use you know the more money you have invested into that input so it doesn't do you any good to use too much no you want to use the right amount no and we never want to run them just to run them they're they're, it's like putting on more fertilizer than you have to you You never want to irrigate it just to run them we don't 
But isn't it fun? Next time, ne- next time I'll. It's so much fun. I'll call you guys in the when the corn's tasseling and it's whatever over our head and the mosquitoes are. You would never that believe would how bad they are. You got, you got a flat tire, and we have to carry <laughs> oh, a tire man. in or a gearbox or both. That's a blast. That is that so would much make fun. an excellent video that I would love to edit. Let's put Zach you on need call a lot of for editing. that video. That's a good idea. A lot of beats. Yeah. Let's put Zach on call the next time you have to do that, Jake. Okay. You, Zach, we can do that. I just think that's crazy. You gotta you go walk through a standing cornfield. I mean, I. I, I just drive the tile plug. We'll never <laughs> Maybe I'll call you. Randy, I need a tire change. I'll, Can I'll you bring, bring that plow ball. over? <laughs> so you, you want to complain about walking through a, a standing cornfield to change a tire with the mosquitoes and the heat and humidity. Do you know how much it sucks to drive a motorcycle through on the road if somebody's irrigator spraying out there? Oh. I agree. You try to shut your end guns off. Yeah, hey, so hey, why don't hey. you just quit when your When was the last time you drove your motorcycle? <laughs> How long have I known Jake? <laughs> we went on that one back. 4th of July a couple of years ago. That was fun. Oh, we did. We should do that again. We had a pretty was, good group yeah, together. Was we that did. the last time Zach drove his motorcycle? No. So the last time I drove my motorcycle was when we sold our house <laughs> a little did. over a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> to drive it over here from to the drive movie. it here <laughs> to drive it here from that house. I, I literally all I've done with it in the last like three years is drive it from one house to another, yeah. and then at the old house I ch- I I went down to the mailbox like twice per summer with it. I remember you did just take the sure time to polish ready. it yeah. up so it was ready just in case, but the opportunity never came. That's that's what I did when I sold my motorcycle or traded it for a snowmobile because I I have no time in the summer to ride a bike. Yeah. It's unfortunate. But you know what? How many miles have you put on that sled? More than I did the motorcycle. (laughs) And last year was the first year we've had snow in Minnesota in mm, 10, 12 years. I guess I'm getting a snowmobile. (laughs) Probably not a bad idea. No, it's not a bad idea at all. I need a boat. You have a boat. You have a boat, Becky. And a camper. (laughs) I'm not All sure I have is a it motorcycle. qualifies as a boat that anymore. That you don't even ride. You can't ride. I can't even ride it. You won't <laughs> let me ride it at all. It gets us across the lake, and it carries a few coolers with it. Barely. You don't need much more from a boat. That's Yeah, no. I mean, you need goes, cooler goes, space and from one end of the lake to the other. It well, it needs to more than just almost stay afloat. I would prefer that it like confidently stay afloat. We've only afloat. almost died on it a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it. it's always made a good story. That is true. That is true. A good story which we piece together through the fractions of memory collectively from the people that were on board. Yes. True story. I still have a scar on my finger from the little windshield, captain's windshield thing I was hanging on to when we hit a giant wave, a tsunami. What's the name of your uh, boat? Seduction. Oh yeah, I broke that sticker when we hit yeah. when we it's, hit the wall. It's no longer hit the, the seduction. It's the she needs to be turned this, uh, into a party barge. Duck. Yeah, I don't know. So, I don't know what I don't know what it says anymore. It says. I just remember Randy running across the seat to go save his cooler, which was in the lake. <laughs> did yeah. you did you go front tunes down? Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah, like hard. More than wide open. Everything, front end down. everything in the boat, a couple humans included. <laughs> Left the boat. It was. I didn't leave the, the boat. water. I didn't Pretty leave insane. the boat until I seen my cooler floating across the water. Then I was gone. It, I hit the deck hard. After like you hit a out wave. of the seat, 
onto the floor, like trying to gather myself up and figure out what just happened as the water was washing. This across. was after eight hours of alcoholic beverages, by the way. I feel At like least. we didn't have too many people on there. We just had twelve too many coolers. <laughs> I was sober Way more cooler and weight still than thought we were going to die. <laughs> I, I I was fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we only had seven miles to go after that across yeah. Lake Minnewaska because our oh. boat travels a whole like four miles an hour. Yeah. If a good yeah. took hour us a solid half. hour and a half, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, but I mean, if it went faster, we wouldn't have as much fun. Like, we'd just be there. Yeah, what are you going to do? Show up and be sober? it might be yeah. okay if we had a little less fun, I think. I mean, like, the boat could serve as self-control. Randy, do you know how to cut her mic? <laughs> bite, bite, <laughs> Becky, bite your tongue. <laughs> Not happening. I run this show. <laughs> Ah, okay, all right, all right. So we've talked about irrigators a little bit and and that kind of stuff. If anybody out there listening is interested more in irrigation and water and soil health and those kinds of things, I suggest... Water quality. Water quality, soil health. I would suggest you check out the Fieldwork podcast, which is the other podcast that I'm a part of, which is super official. We don't drink beer in the basement of some creepy dude's house. But it's very informative. Yeah, yeah, no, it's awesome, especially for farmers uh, who get to hear us talk about different practices when it comes to soil health and water quality and tillage practices and cover crops and water and what else, whatever else. My co-host, his name is Mitchell. He's from southeastern Iowa. He actually has a soil health consulting firm, and we do this all through Minnesota Public Radio, so I suggest you check out the Fieldwork podcast. The details will be in the description is that a thing with a podcast? Yeah, there's going to be some stuff somewhere. Can they smash You'll that like it. button? No, please don't. I mean, can they comment? No smashing anything. I don't know. Can they comment? No, you can't comment on oh, a podcast. Thank God, but you I'm can. I'm sick of negative comments lately. Oh, we will have a. Podcast I mean, I love all the positive ones, but there's, man, I've been screenshotting and a really good some of the good upcoming ones. video. Can we smash yeah. these beer cans later? Mm, we'll see. I would suggest it. Okay, but what now, Zach? Well, now, because we have some good stories here, and I know this podcast is getting a little longer than we anticipated in the beginning, but we've kind of rolled on, and, and what I want to do a little bit is talk about, because we're headed into harvest here. By the time this comes out, there's probably going to be a lot of people into harvest. We won't be, because this is a ridiculous year, and everything's way behind. Yeah, but, but the three, four million other people listening to this Yeah, might so we haven't filled Jake in. This is, there's about four million listeners right now. No, you can't make faces. They can't see you. <laughs> it's an audio thing, Dumb Jake. thing number two. <laughs> My bad. The Holmans can't, can't see you right now, the four million. No, no, we're guessing that probably tens of people are going to tune in. But, but when it comes to safety going into harvest, obviously safety's big. And both of these guys have a have some stories when it comes to safety on the farm. We've had some minor incidents around my farm, but I'm going to start with Randy here, who had an incident yesterday. And we talked about DJ, his right-hand man. DJ's the guy that will will jump in the shit. Literally. In the suck. <laughs> He's down in there. Yeah. Like, D, DJ's like, the first guy to just pick the crappy job right. and dive in, like, right? Yeah. And no, he's a he, character. Everybody loves DJ. Yeah. No, he prefers he prefers the trenches. He prefers the muck. The dirtier, the better. I mean, our motto is, you know, when he gets to work, 
just dive in the mud head first so that you're really dirty. <laughs> right. And then the rest of it doesn't matter. You don't have to sit and tiptoe around trying to stay clean. Yeah. I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of DJ coming back to the farm in the pickup truck completely naked. Or, or in his undies. Or in his undies, yeah, yeah. just because he doesn't like he doesn't want to be completely naked. Right. But that's like he just he's out there. Him. No, it doesn't. No, he's just saving you guys. He's a real good sport. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. It's an awesome he's guy to have on the crew. I'm yeah. sure. You know. Yeah. So yesterday, and I haven't asked Randy any of the details about this because I kind of wanted to save it for the podcast. Sure. Listen to this, Jake. So yesterday, if you follow me on Instagram, I I've been trying to do a little bit of a a start middle and end kind of as our projects go on yesterday was a quick job putting an overflow on a lake lakes full running over creating washout so we go there and i I got the beginning and i got the middle of this project and then things got a little hairy and i was home like like oh crap i didn't get the end of this thing anyway i'd say you got an excuse for that we get we get up to the top of this thing and there's a foot and a half of water running out of this lake right now cutting across the field so we've got the dozer up front. We're up against this lake. Um, this and when you say lake, you're draining a lake, like this is all permitted. This is something that the 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 DNR hydrologist is standing right there with yes. us watching. Well, I just wanted to make that yeah. clear. So yeah. This, so this particular lake, we were able to pull two feet off the top of it. They set a high water mark. We're able to go down to a certain level, and it adds bounce to the water, so that the slough can fill up and then slowly run out the slough or this pipe rather than just running right across the top, top of the ground. Yep. yep. So we're at the top of this we're in the shit i mean <laughs> the dozer's bellied out he's winching along uh the mud's pushing up against his window like he's anchoring just keeps dragging him back in deeper so we hook the excavator onto the front of me also uh get pulling uh stall out again put the excavator in the front of the dozer just to anchor the dozer we winch up going around a corner it's going slow finally get there uh so normally we put a an elbow on the end of the pipe and just a standpipe so when we're in these conditions, we're going to have to come back later and do this. So we just cut the pipe off, and I'll raise the boot up. You know, we're in a foot and a half of water. Raise the boot up slowly, and the pipe will just curve up. Sure. And then you'll have your open intake yeah. temporarily. We'll come back in a month, maybe next year, and, and, and finish the pipe up to the lake. So we get this up, and it's always, so the pipe's underwater. So we always have a guy go and grab the pipe and hold it up, and then we pack clay around it to try to hold it up. So DJ, naturally, he's the first one to dive in. So he goes in. You know, they're doing their thing. I get the plow out of the ground. I circle around and drive out. I get out. And so I, he's he's standing in standing water. Standing water that Holding I, a pipe underneath the water? So the pipe's, you know, bent up at an angle because we just ramped it up. So it's not a straight up and down. It's at an yep. angle. But the, but the opening's above the dirt, but under mm-hmm. the water. So there's a funnel going on, you know, pulling water in. Like how big? How big drain. of a pipe? Twelve inch. This oh, is a twelve oh, inch. Big boy. Okay. So with that, there's my ruts, probably three foot ruts from the from the plow coming through, and then there's holes where the dozer, depending on where he'd anchored. And I think he'd anchored about there. So he has like a five foot hole where it where it pulled him in with the winch on the the cable winch on the dozer. Yeah. So DJ goes out there to grab this pipe. You know, nothing normal. We've done it. I jump out, I'm talking to the landowner, the customer, and the DNR guy, and we're standing there talking, and I look over, and DJ's, like, up to his shoulders in water, and I'm like, well, that's DJ, like, he's probably just laying out there in the water, and I stand this thing up, <laughs> and then I, one of our other guys, He's Tanner, a beach bum. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's lake days. DJ loves lake days. It's nice and cool. You know? <laughs> so, so... 
Tanner jumps in the water, and then and then um, Sam is holding the excavator bucket right above DJ, and he's hanging out of the excavator bucket. I'm like, oh, whatever. So I'm talking to the DNR guy. We're 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 discussing our our differences and how we think things should be done, and <laughs> you know, and uh, and DJ le- reaches over his shoulder because I'm like behind him, and he's like like Randy, it's it's sucking me in. I stepped in the pipe, and I'm like like for right away, I'm just like like what? He's like my my legs in the pipe. It's pulling me in. And it had him sucked in because it was sucking so hard. So he was talking to you this casually? J- just like that. Randy, my, my legs, I stepped in the pipe. It's sucking me in. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, um, he's being pulled on a 12-inch <laughs> drain. <laughs> yeah. So the, the <laughs> so he has one one leg? One leg in the pipe up to his, like, I don't know where his twig and berries went, like, I don't know if they split the pipe or I mean it was up well, to I his imagine. crotch. And we're talking like five feet of water, six feet of water, probably. No, he's in probably a foot and a half, two feet of water. Okay. So the pipe's up at an angle. So when he stepped in the pipe, it's it gotcha. curved. Sure. So it basically <laughs> tipped him on his side. So okay. he's laying like in his side, probably where he was because of the ruts. He was probably in three okay. feet of water. Gotcha. Sure. But he's like like spitting water out. Like it's like at his chin. Like he's he's spitting water. And he's not. In sheer like, terror mode, he was screaming, trying to get out. He was panicking. like pulling himself up, and I'm like, like there's got to be hundreds of pounds of force or more, right? Oh. I never imagined. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a funnel, you know. So right away, my first initial thought is, well, I'll give him a second here. Sam can reach back, dig that excavator bucket in, and just rip that pipe out that we just installed. That'll just cut off the suction. Yeah. Like so, I mean, immediately I had like, okay, we've got an out here. Let's yep. give him a minute. So I'm like, like, are you good? He's like, I'm working on it. So he's, he's like, <laughs> I'm working on it. So One more, give me. I'm, so I'll Tanner's my response would have been. Tanner's got him. Like, DJ's the guy with like twin newborn babies at home, right? Yeah, they're oh they're God. four weeks old. Yeah. So Tanner's grabbing him like by his belt loops, like lifting, and they're both pulling. DJ's hanging on the excavator bucket, pulling. So he's and got then, two guys pulling on him, and he's no, pulling one on. One guy pulling. Tanner, oh, okay, yeah. And then DJ himself is hanging on to the X-Rater bucket, and they're lifting. And you're in mud, you're laying... <laughs> he's like, stuck he's, in the drain. He's at like a 45-degree angle with his leg in this thing, you know? And it's in the pipe, so it's kind of bent. And he gets himself So up were like you a, on high, like, if, if this guy's head goes underwater, we're tearing that pipe out, like, he, immediately. Like, right, like, I was just about ready to be like, like, Sam, just, just swing over from where you are two feet, just rip through that pipe. It'll cut the suction. Right. So... I mean, it would have caused us a day and a half of work. Big deal. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so we're waiting. Like, like, are you good? And he's like, like, oh. And then, and then about then, he got himself up like halfway out. And he's like, oh, I can breathe now. Like, well, you couldn't, <laughs> like that's why he wasn't panicking. Like, the guy couldn't you breathe. Could, you couldn't breathe. He's like, no, it was like pulling me. Like, I was bent over. I couldn't <laughs> oh breathe. God. So I'm like, like, wow. Maybe it maybe feels so wrong to laugh. What an awful feeling, but especially so he, if you know DJ. He gets. So then, then they he takes a breath. So then they they hoist him out. He gets out. He just tips over in the water, and he's laying there on his back, like floating in the water, <laughs> breathing like like I can breathe now. We're good. <laughs> so he goes. He's sitting there, and then I'm like, you know, like like dude, like seriously, are you okay? Do we need to do something? Yeah. He's like, no, my leg just hurts. Like I'm fine. Like give me a minute. So I'm like, okay, you know, and finally he comes out like. This DNR guy standing there, yeah, wondering, like, thought. wondering like, <laughs> the heck, you know. So anyway, so DJ, he gets out like, like it was all fine. Like we we cleaned up the site and we we moved out of there. And he goes home that night, and then 
So then that night he's texting us and he's like, all right, guys, we need to come up with a safe word because like no one believed I was stuck in the pipe. <laughs> like everyone's like, that's oh, DJ. So we come up with applesauce. Like that, that's Brandy, the word. you're not supposed to tell people your safe word. <laughs> no, you are. No, well, yeah. You know I mean, in this situ- only- Becky, this is a different safe word situation, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't, I don't. Yeah, this is you, a safe word that you guys need to know. Would, I'm curious. What's your safe word, Becky? <laughs> <laughs> well, and we all know this is a good one because we all know that DJ's never going to be like, could you pass me some more applesauce? <laughs> no. <Yeah>. So <laughs> that's DJ's not like, happening. Like, all right, guys, safe word's applesauce. Like, we need to safe word two hours later some text him like, like how you doing man he's like ah oh, my leg hurts like hell but I'll be fine two hours later I get a text message it says applesauce I can't get off the shitter <laughs> so well then he's screwing with us the safe word doesn't work If it's like crying wolf so was he screwing with you though cause right away when I read that I'd be like alright if he can't get off the yeah, shitter something's going on here well, he yeah at, this guy got his guts pulled apart I mean yeah. he was at work today yeah, but it's DJ. Did he show Obviously, you the bruises? So he sends a picture last night of his stomach, and there's a there's a red 12-inch ring around half of his <laughs> oh stomach. Oh, my gosh. Like, it pulled his leg into the point and had his stomach like like he was suction cupped to this pipe. Oh, Like, man. that hard. We go out, I mean, we install, I mean, this is just a 12-inch, and I say just a 12-inch. We install 15s, 18s, 24s. Uh, we just did a 30 last week. What would a, a 24, I suppose if you only get one leg in it, would it, I mean, man. You would go tw- down 24. We have, when we're yeah. installing pipes, um, so we, when we pull, we have guys asking, like, like, um, so you put a bar guard on top of an intake. So an open pipe, 24 inch, say it's 24 inch, standing straight up. There's a bar guard to keep trash, animals, rodents, whatever, from going right. down there. Right. And they will plug with, with trash. Or DJs. Or DJs. <laughs> so when a we DJ pull, guard. When we have to pull them things off, you have to like go underwater and clean them off to let enough water come into them that the suction leaves. So you can physically pull that grate off. Right. And then you're 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 right there. You're the guys standing above ask, that. Like, well, I get sucked in. I'm always like like, well, no, just don't step in the damn pipe. Right. But my now like, your most experienced my eyes guy are way more open now. Like, well, he and he went stumbling in. You know, there's. Uh, excavator tracks through their dozer tracks, uh, the tile plow tracks. Like he's stumbling in in two feet of water. Uh, his boots are already swamped. He's not worried about keeping his feet dry. Like he's wet up to his waist already. Yeah. Well, and he's and, done it a million times. And steps in the damn pipe. Like right. that's you, the thing. You've done in? it a million times, yeah, right? Like that's like yeah. the. That's if he was the... out there by himself, and that's what he says, because he's the one that a lot of times will go clean the grates off. Because he's always like, I'll just do it at the end of the day. Like I, I just swim out there. <laughs> Take it off. Like, I commonly get a And snap- this guy's not exactly built like Michael Phelps. No. I commonly get Snapchats from him, like, like not of him himself, but, like, of the picture of the highway, and, like, his, his boxers get slapped on the yellow line. He gets his pickup and drives home. <laughs> so that's, he always likes to do them at the end of the days. And he's like, if I was out there by myself, like, it would have rained last night, because it rains every other night, which it did. Yeah. The water would have come up. I would have, I would have drowned. He would have drowned. He, With his legs stuck in a pipe. He was not getting out. Tanner's pretty buff dude, and it took all they had to. That is unbelievable. Between that's, him pulling on terrifying. that excavator bucket and it him It is absolutely him. terrifying. Never yeah. even really thought of that. Of no, you know, I it mean, opened my eyes a little. Absolutely. Bit. Yep. Man, that's crazy. Well, I'm so, really happy to hear that DJ is okay. Yeah. DJ's good. Uh, spirits are high. Full of shit as always. I don't yeah. mean to sound insensitive, but was there like a? 
Like, what's the noise, Zach? What does it sound like that? Yes. <laughs> no, it was more. It was more of a. He got him up. Like a, It was more of a deep breath. Like, <gasps> like oh, I can breathe now. Oh. Like, you couldn't breathe. He's like, no. Why do you think I was panicking? That's your panic. Oh my gosh. That's just wow. crazy. Well, yes. But, yeah. And you've never experienced. I mean. I've never been stuck in a pipe. Well, no, not you personally. <laughs> but but, but, so but you've like, never been dang near sent down to the Gulf of Mexico yeah. by way of plastic tubing. No, no. I mean, like, if it would have been a twenty-four, like, yeah, that's we would have just sprinted to the other end. Like, uh, how much so time do we you got to catch him? Yeah, uh, like, like throw the net. In all honesty, say it was a twenty-four, and he steps in there and he goes down. So by we, the time you guys figure it out, so I started earlier. Like, so when we're installing, like in the box, Sam's a. Uh, pretty skinny dude he's our excavator yeah, guy yep so he will um if we're going along i have a camera i'm watching the pipes those guys are watching the pipes um 18 dual wall we drop them in a box we push them together they slide out the back of the box well if i think i see something funny and i think i see maybe the pipe had stopped moving out the back of the box we stop and we check that connection make sure it was it's still all the way together sure so we send sam in the pipe and he'll just crawl through the 18 inch pipe with the water flowing Typically, we don't have a lot of water, but two, well, yeah. Three inches. I mean, typically, because yeah. you're, you're in the box, you're at the top of it, so that we don't have like we're not in the water, right? So it's pretty well empty. There might be an inch of water in the pipe, but Sam will always crawl in there, check our connection. It's ten feet; they're ten foot length, so he crawls in ten feet, crawls back out. Yep, we're good. Or oh, it pulled apart part way. Let's dig it up, push it in the rest of the way. You would never get me to crawl down oh. the pipe. 10 feet or whatever. I mean, I realize... I have to have an MRI of my liver done every year, and I mean, that the MRI machine is, I don't know what oh. The tube, are. right? Because the they tube. push you in the tube. Well, yeah. I think, Sam, if you put a pack of camels in a Diamond and Dew on the other end of a thousand foot <laughs> run, you will get there. You'll get there. <laughs> it's like dangling the carrot. No way. A pack of camels in a Diamond and Dew. No. Oh, man. Gets them every time. <laughs> but you had... A little more serious thing go on this summer, didn't you? Spring? A little bit, yeah. Um, on land, not in water. Um, yeah, we uh, had a... My, actually, my dad had a accident with a tractor and a, a train. And uh, it was pretty pretty scary deal. Um, he's still alive. He is still alive. Um, doing awesome. Um, he's had his brace off now for... He broke his back um, in six or seven spots. Um so he's in a back brace for three months. He's been off it for t- three weeks now. So um, he and he bro- he broke his back in six or seven spots. Yep. And he's not paralyzed, not crippled, not paralyzed. He's walking around, walking around. That's crazy. And um, he was hit insane? by a train. He was hit by a train hit crossing the train tracks right by your house. Correct. Yep. Which which it's hard to explain. It's difficult to explain the terrible angle that these tracks run at. They're almost parallel to the road. Almost, And there's no crossing arms. No crossing arms. And Um, how many times has he crossed that intersection in his life? He grew up uh, about a quarter mile north of there, and he moved down to the home farm where we're at now um, at age 18, and he's... Which is a quarter mile south of there. Quarter mile south there, and he's 61, so in his 61 years of life, he's crossed those tracks... You do the math. I have oh, no man. idea. It's ten yeah. times a day, twenty times a day. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um so yeah, this uh and and this was the first time he'd had a train run into him while crossing. <laughs> first time. First time. This ain't yeah. Like, this like, isn't oh, number man, you look like you had a train hit you. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. 
Yeah, it, uh, that saying is uh, is a little different in, yeah, in our is, minds now. Yeah. Um, There's not a lot of people won't get be, to live through Won't that. be saying that too many times again in the, in where, the future. Where did the train... The train hit between the implement and the tractor, is that correct? Correct. Yep. The train hit, uh, so it was an articulating tractor, so uh, um, it was a nine. It was a 9360R John Deere um, articulating tractor. It hit in the left rear dual, and uh, thank God it hit there, because if it would have hit um, where the tractor rotates, where it articulates. Yeah. Three, four feet yeah. farther forward. Yeah. So we're talking um, milliseconds. Milliseconds fractions of seconds um it would have split the tractor and uh but yeah it, it hit there it launched uh the disc um he was pulling a, a disc it launched the disc on um one side of the road the tractor ended up on the road but uh on the other side of the tracks um and then uh yeah he uh he he flew about um his, he was ejected he was ejected his cousin saw the whole thing which was thank goodness his cousin was there because if who knows? I mean, he was he was there like on the road. Um, so there's a little crossing, just like 500 yards, um, 200 yards, 300 yards, really close to that main crossing. Okay. And he was on his four wheeler, and he saw the whole thing. The train was coming from this way, and my dad was going this way, and just never the saw the train. Anything. Basically, rear-ended him because of because of the sharp angle. Basically, yep. So come from kind of behind, rear-ended behind the tractor. Yep. 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 So, yeah, it uh, the tractor launched about twenty feet in the air, um, and about uh, I think it was about seventy-five feet from the railroad tracks where it landed. And then my dad was another. This is a four-wheel drive tractor that yeah, got thrown. 35,000-pound tractor. Yeah, got thrown. Thrown by a train. How, do you know how, how fast is the train going, or how fast they usually travel on that? Um. So. What they say on that on that line, it's like forty miles an hour's max speed. Okay. Um, the the track or the train at that time was going thirty seven. Okay. So which they they've got that they know that right yep. they oh, yeah. know exactly how fast it was yep. going when it yeah because it's it's basically what it's doing is slowing down before it gets to Glenwood. Okay. Um. So it's making its uh, whatever approach into Glenwood and it's starting to slow down at that at that spot. But it was it was moving and, and uh, we're really fortunate where we live and we have the helicopters within. Huh. Yeah, the helicopters minutes yep. of our house. Ten miles, I'll, I'll, ten miles sits on, yep. on call. Ten yep. miles, literally yep. minutes away from us. Yeah, and thank goodness the day was nice. It was a yeah. clear, calm day where the helicopter could come in, land, take right off again. Did um, it land right on the gravel road there? Uh no. They they rushed him to Glenwood. Um, oh, they did. Yep, they okay. picked him up, um, rushed him to Glenwood, and then uh, um, airlifted him to uh, HCMC down the cities. So okay, where he was for. A month? Yeah, he got out. Uh, he was in the trauma unit for 10 days, I think. Um, and then another roughly week and a half, 7 to 10 days in uh, just general care. Um, and then he was uh, fortunate enough to be able to come back to Glenwood and uh, finish off his uh, rehabilitation. rehabilitation. He was in a swing bed there. Um, so, yeah, it, uh, it it's pretty crazy how fast he's come along during the whole process to uh um it's just it i don't want to downplay it but it's and he's not 20 it's yeah he's not, not 20 like we're talking he spent his 61st but, birthday in the hospital but know, he's like, in good shape he's a go 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 kind of guy yeah he yeah. is like he's on the move he's yep. a hard worker so i yep. mean that had to help him yep. in this situation where he's in decent physical shape yep 
But yeah, we were when we were down at the trauma unit. Uh, th- when they got word that uh, there was a patient coming in that got hit by a train on a tractor, they had no idea what to expect. Just because of the fact of you know what are we going to be dealing with here, you know? And and uh, and it was it was I mean it was he he got really beat up and but he came through and yeah he's he's his normal self. So we're very fortunate as a family. That's so. just crazy. Yeah, it, I mean cross that track million times. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. more. Yeah. And then, uh, um, yeah, it was it was in the spring, right? Spring, yeah. Still spring. Yep, yep. It was in May. Tired, probably not sleeping like you should, not eating like and you not, should. It wasn't even that. We were. I mean, it. We had. I mean, you know, we're well aware. We had a pretty tough spring around here, kind of drawn yeah. out. Yeah. You know. Yep. Um. So we weren't really that. I mean, we, he didn't have a lot going on that day, to be honest. And and I think it just comes down to the monotony yep. of farming and the habits that we farm, we form over the years of doing the same exact thing. Yep. I mean, I like you said, your dad. How many times he's crossed that track in that particular place? It's just, and how fast it happens. It happens. It's just. Yeah. So it was Randy who called <laughs> me, who knew because I assumed through the first responders. Yeah, so I'd Fire heard. Department. I'd heard, and then I'd heard who it was. Oh, knowing sure. actually, it was through uh, um, through John Deere, is who the the, oh, de- okay. the dealership oh. through um, Midwest. Yep. Yeah. Who who my brother works for? Yeah. So he had called, and uh, I was talking to him, and he said like Harvey Harvey Wildman has just got hit by a train, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't know a lot about it other than he knew he was well okay enough, like like he's still with us. Yeah. And, yep. uh, and that was about all he knew. Well, I knew that, that Zach was buddies with you and, and uh, Nate was buddies with, with Harvey. Yep. So I called, I messaged Zach and like, like, hey, Harvey just got hit by a train. You might want to check this out. You know, we were, we were planting. It was planting season for us. Yep. yep. Well, I was out in our pocket lake field, we call it, planting soybeans when Randy called. And God, my... It's a call my that you just, just can't ever prepare for, yeah, ever, it's, and yeah. it's just awful. And I think when I had heard about it, it had, had already actually been a couple hours, so um, you, know, God, you never want to get misinformation. You don't want to. You never want right, to pass that right. on immediately. Well, I remember you knowing. telling me like we, we we don't know anything yet, other than he got on a helicopter. Yep. Yeah. That's what yep. we know. Yeah, that was the longest, but yet quickest drive of the cities that I've ever been a part of because you just you didn't know um we yeah. finally got the call like at rogers area that that he had made the helicopter ride but yeah it was it's it's a summer uh i will never forget you know yeah, i never bet. it's well then because then you get into you know so there's three and a half of you basically right yeah on, on the farm on the family farm yeah one of you goes down yeah it's i mean i remember talking to you the day when we were we were headed uh we were headed somewhere and we drove by and i'm like God, I think that's Jake out there running that Apache spray. Yep, so we're going to get on a go kart or oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I don't know, I, I don't know if I had seen you yet since it happened or not. I probably no, not. I don't. I, know. I know I had talked to you, but I don't yep. know if I had seen you. So we stopped and talked, and you know, I know you were running around like a chicken with its head, head cut, cut off. off. Yep. Trying to figure out which direction to go because all of a sudden you lo- you lose the guy that does certain jobs. Yep. You all somebody have, else has got to pick that up. Twenty five percent of your. <laughs> Yeah, you lose DJ because he gets sucked down a pipe and ends up in the Gulf of Mexico. I just wouldn't get out of bed in the morning if I lost DJ. So, yeah, we're going to wrap it up, but just want to say, I mean, keep it safe out there. Absolutely. At this point, there's been more uh, grain bin deaths in the state of Minnesota than we've had in a long time. 
Are we up to five now? Uh, four that or are I we know four? Of. Four in the last month. Four in the last month? The last month. In I, the state of Minnesota? Yeah, I don't, I know, I think oh. two of them was where, where they're actually sucked down into the grain. One was, one, someone fell off a catwalk on, on top of a bin. Oh, and, and fell and down. And I think the fourth one got caught in like a power sweep, like the auger running in the bin. And and pulled mm. them, you know, wrapping them up. But but in the last month, we've lost four in the state of Minnesota. Wow. And we're only one and a half percent of the population to begin yeah. with. I mean, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, like I know Kensington Fire Department is pretty well equipped to handle some grain bin situations. We we did just have a local one. Um, I did hear about that. He he was okay. Um, got him out. We it was not our call. It was a neighboring department, actually two neighboring departments. And we have these aluminum grain pods that slide together. So they're like two feet wide. They make an arch. Um, I think each set has like four or five of them, which is a pretty tight. But when they came around, a lot of the neighboring departments bought them. Actually, a lot of like the elevators and the co-ops bought them for us. And then they all interchange. They fit together. So you put one into the grain, you step it down. And then you step the next one down, and you can keep working them down all the way around them. Then you can clean the grain out around them. Sure. And this guy was just standing in the grain with a grain back, and it pulled himself in to the point where all of a sudden he's like, "Whoa, I think I, I think I pulled myself." He's like his knees. So the the grain pulled him in. He didn't actually get to the vac. He was in the vac. He was running the vac, and then the grain slowly pulled him down. Well, you know, you've stood in grain with a vac. Yeah. It just kind of slowly pulls you down. You kind of walk out. Yeah. He was lucky enough. He was. You get to the point where you just don't worry about it. Because yeah. you can usually just step up step out of it. He was, Absolutely. Yep. All of a sudden, he's like, "Whoa, I can't, I can't step out anymore." He was standing on the floor, so he was fortunate enough. He was on the ground, on the floor. Yeah. Like, he was safe in that, in that aspect, but he had pulled himself into about his waist and physically could not get out. Ended up calling the fire department. They came with their set of tubes and didn't quite have enough room to work around, so they had called our assistant chief, who just grabbed our set of tubes and brought them. So it wasn't the whole department out there. Right. And they added on to this so you can make a bigger system. Sure. Clean the grain all around them, and then the guy was able to walk out. They did take him in and check him out, and he was okay. But, yeah. But it's, I mean, it's a, it's a real thing. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Slow well, down. That's it. Slow yeah, down. Yeah. I, I, that's my thing. Just slow down. As impossible as it sounds. So don't pull yourself into a grain vac, don't step into a giant drain. Watch out for trains. Watch out for trains. Be aware. And we'll see you all at Farmer to Farmer Conference in Omaha. Yep, we're on, well, Randy, Randy and I are on Instagram. Yep. MN Millennial Farmer, Master Pipe Layer, Mrs. Millennial Farmer. Jake is on nothing because he is an Randy and I had a conversation about that when we were taking a pee outside that I should probably get on Instagram. Uh, Instagram is fun, but you know what? If you don't have it at this point, I don't know that I'd bog my life down with it. It's like anything else. But stay. Do you have to take pictures to be... Yeah. No, you don't have to. Can you just just look? You can just stalk. Stalk, yeah. Yeah. You can just stalk people. Stalk. Creepy old man style. (laughs) Okay. But stay tuned for an episode of Zach having to come help Jake 
fix oh, yeah. a tire on an irrigator. That we're gonna do that's next summer. Reminder. Yeah, that's I'll, gonna be I'll a reminder. The, I'll bring the plow so we can get to the. Tire. Oh no. No, 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 no! I'm gonna no, ride no. in Randy's air-conditioned plow. <laughs> yes. And drink Coors Light all no, the way out uh, to the tire, no, and then I'm, I'm giving gonna him the tire, lather down in bug spray, and a radio, and I'm gonna take a radio, and I'm just gonna say, Zach, figure it out. Yeah, we will <laughs> figure it out. We'll just, Here you go. Just mowing down the next corn. Back and forth. Thank crop you checking. to Farmers Business Network for sponsoring this podcast. Mrs. Millennial Farmer is punching us out.